don't know, he did pretty good. Ah, <laughs> oh, God is good. Yes, yes, yes. Um, such an amazing, how many people felt a, just to ask a question, I know, but how many people felt a, just a, a, a significant shift in their lives just from what we what we went through this weekend yeah 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 i'm just gonna i'm jumping out of camera sight for a minute but i'm gonna ask donna what happened and uh you're just gonna give us a little i don't know but god just took over me that's for sure <coughs> i have never really travailed or or weeped or cried but it was just so powerful, and, and it was him. It wasn't me trying to bring it up. It just happened, and uh, doubling over in, in travail and just weeping for, for those that are lost and for things in my own life, you know, <clears throat> and it just poured out. And then I got to thinking, I said, you know, we kind of just put Jesus on the side, and we, we just try to fix things ourselves. You know, all these circumstances that we have and pain and everything that comes into our lives, it's the enemy coming into our mind. And we think that we can fix it, but we, can, we can't fix it. Jesus is the only one that can fix it. And so it's time that we turn our eyes to Jesus and just turn, and it's, you know, it's like we make an about-face. We're not looking at our circumstances anymore. I'm speaking about myself because I've done that. <laughs> and turn to Jesus and just behold him. And then the other thing is just to, when they sang everything tonight, that was just everything that really happened to me. And just the word Yeshua. If you just whisper that word, Yeshua, Yeshua, Yeshua. It's like the breath of God breathing into you new life, new life that you haven't had because you've had all of these interruptions. The enemy just keeps coming in with these thoughts, and you just keep one little step in, and he, here he comes with another thought, and you don't have time. So you turn your eyes to Jesus. And I ask that you just try that tonight. Just whisper his name. Yeshua. 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 The breath of God is going into you, every part of your being. It's good. I think they sang my song list tonight. Was that, a, was that my top ten or part of my top ten? <laughs> I feel like Tori said we were going to have one time where we just sing all your favorite songs. And I said, I feel like that was partly tonight. You want to tell us something? So even before the conference started, I walked in only, I think, at 7 o'clock. And I went up front and 
to put my flags down and and it, George came up to me said, you know, you can sit wherever and then the power of God just hit me. The conference hadn't even started yet. I'm sorry, this doesn't give any credit to Corey, but maybe it does because Corey came. <laughs> because Corey came and it also gives <laughs> I'm sorry, credit to where credit's due, the Lord Jesus Christ, God our Father, who implemented this whole thing and brought this whole thing about. And anyways, it just, the power of God hit me, and it was like, I have, I just have to worship him. It was like, it was different. It was not the same. <laughs> it was not like, it was not like usual. You know I'm a worshiper, but it was different. It was like, I could not. No, I couldn't walk away from where I was, and I just, I had just had to give him honor. I just had to worship him. It was just incredible. It was overwhelming. It was just overwhelming. And then I feel like uh, there's more clarity. I feel like there's a new commitment. I did my 20 minutes today of speaking in tongues. <laughs> I just feel like there's a new commitment, and I've always prayed for New England for years. I mean, years. <laughs> I've prayed for the New England. And so when he was talking about that, it was like, oh, my gosh. I, um, I, I, felt, I think I did come up out of my seat. But it was just like a new commitment to be like that Nash guy that, that prayed in the secret place for Finney. You know, to intercede that there is going to be, there, we know there's going to be, but I want to be a part of, of calling that in and bringing it in. And so that's what happened for me. <laughs> I hope that's okay. That was good. That's cool. That's great. I mean, if everyone probably has something that was deposited inside of them, and I, I, I guess I'm going to charge us today to let it just not be another good moment and uh, I feel like, you know, anything that's going to happen, like, I here's how it really goes, right? When we gather together for more of the regional things like that, I know we have a lot of prayer coverage. I mentioned this during the, co during the conference, and I just want, want us to have an understanding and a perspective that prayer is the thing that moves everything. And I know, you know, we heard it from Corey, but I, as, a, as a local body, as what, what God is doing right here in the region, I just want to speak to that because the reality is we must have this, this insatiable hunger for prayer. And uh, it's nothing you can work up. You just, there's part of a discipline of prayer. And then there's, I've talked about this before, the delight and the devotion of prayer, right? So there is a place where the Lord is going to just absolutely, if you receive something that was significant, right, you just cultivate that. I'm telling you, when God shows up and he does things, even with healing in our bodies, as we continue to cultivate that, that very thing, right, take care of all the health things that we should be taking care of responsibly as a, you know, as, a, as a body taking care of the temple, I should probably do something on that at some point, but the, I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> but the reality is we have, like, when God releases something for you, when he releases the spirit of prayer, which I believe was released once again, we've, we already had a dose of it before when he came. Right, So this is the second time. And this whole thing about fierce humility keeps popping up in my spirit, man, because I, I realize that we need to humble ourselves before the Lord, yet get fierce in prayer. 
right? We have to be fierce like a lion. We need to be as bold as a lion before the Lord, right? Because the Lord wants to release revival greater than we even understand and know. I mean, he, for real, he wants, but he's asking us to come into this place of purity. See, I took my sweatshirt off because what happens is I start talking and I go into like spontaneous combustion. So <laughs> if I didn't take that off, I'd be sweating already because I was already starting. So I, I realized that as we received such a, a beautiful, oh, every day you got something new. Every, everything he brought built upon the next. And, and, and I truly believe that even the intercession that goes in before, because we all pray. I mean, we, we gather here. We don't necessarily have a prayer meeting for it. But, you know, I have my, my mom's church. She's praying into it. We've got intercessors here that are all praying into it. We've got, our, you know, the leadership here that prays into it. And I believe that that's what triggers the, the power and the release that people get touched, man. People got really, really touched. And I had more testimonies. People just coming to me spontaneously. Just God absolutely were believing for healing through and through for everyone's body, that no one, right, would leave that place, leave this place, right? We, we, we have to contend for these things. And I'm not talking about, again, when I say contend, if we don't have the fullness of it, then there's something God's saying, listen, come to me for it. Come to me for it. Come to me for it, because there's nothing I can do. I can't strive to do one thing. So I just want us to understand a few things on that. And I'm just going to touch a couple scriptures tonight and then we'll go because we've had a lot. Come on, we've had a lot, but I'm, I, I'm thankful for you all coming out. Again, the hungry ones just pour, coming up, showing up, posting up every time. And I know y'all get, you know, some of you are like, yeah, I'll know you'll be fine looking for me later. No, that's not the case. But the reality is I just feel like Lord, the Lord has been speaking to me about this humility and this fierceness. And the fierceness is the Lion of Judah with inside of you. And he wants to pray through you. He's the one. Do you know the zeal of God? The zeal, the zealousness of God that he came and he gave his life for us. This is what the zealous, this is what the, the fierceness of Jesus is for you. That he desired above all else to give out, to pour out in humility, just giving himself and pouring himself out so that you would be where you are right now. That everything that you, you set your hand to would explode in the kingdom. Not that it would half succeed, but as long as it's God-ordained and God-willed and God-purposed, he's going to breathe life on it, right? He's going to release life on it. So there was just a few things. Listen, remember back where Jesus cleansed the temple. He says these words. He says, the zeal of your house has eaten me up. Let me just back up and give context to this. So they're all in the temple. They weren't, it wasn't ministry selling their T-shirts and their product. Let's just clarify that. Let's just not get religious about that. Because there's, there's, here's what the deal was. They were in there, and the money changers were doing this. They were changing Roman money to Jewish money so that when they paid the tax for, for temple tax, that they would pay temple tax. But they were making money on money. The other thing was that they were sitting there selling sacrifices, jacking up prices, making money on the sacrifice that people were supposed to bring in a heart of purity and as a sacrifice. And that's what the Lord was angry about. So angry that he wanted to cleanse the temple. <laughs> Does Jesus ever get angry? Oh, come on, we got no one, no one moving in the room. Of course. 
He loved the world so much, but he wanted the house of God to be pure and purified and completely abandoned. Not, not we just talked about mammon, right? The God of mammon being infiltrating into the church, right? So this goes like anything, right? If I'm selling t-shirts to make a buck for myself so I can put it in my pocket and not support the ministry, right? I might as well just start a side business, which I've thought of. But I don't have time for that. I don't have time. Right? So the, the reality is his zeal, the Lord's zeal, his ferocious zeal, he's fierce when it comes to you and I. I don't think we understand that, that he is really, really fierce. And in that fierceness, he gave himself completely to the mission of giving himself over so that he would die and, and rise again. Go with me. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. I'll read a scripture and then I can rant a little more. That's good. All right, verse 19 says, Therefore, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Ready? So I was just talking. He came in as the son of God into the temple. And look, he's trying to remove everything that gets in the way of him and pure, pure, pure worship, pure adoration, purely divine, uh, our, our face, our gaze, as Donna said, that our eyes would be fixed on him and nothing else, right? Nothing else. But I just want you to see, because a, a, a few of these things, it, he, the writer of Hebrews echoes himself, says, let us, let us, let us. So he's saying, let us do something. There's something that the Lord is, is wanting us to do. What? Draw near with a true heart. True heart and full of assurance of faith. Having your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So here, here the Lord is just giving us an invitation to come in in complete purity but his desire by the blood of Jesus, by the fierceness of the mission of God to redeem all of humanity and to see his kingdom come because he's coming back. Remember, we talked about this during Easter, before Easter, that he is coming back as the reigning king of the earth. And if you don't think that doesn't look fierce, I'm telling you he's coming on a white horse and he's not playing games with the, all the other principalities and powers that have been messing with the, his creation all over the globe. It's over. It's over. Everyone's going into <laughs> lockdown. Every demonic power is going into lockdown and will not be returning. Right? And so that's the hope that we have. This is an amazing thing. And if we don't, if we don't, point our hearts in that way like I know there's all kinds of chaos happening right there's all kinds of 
you know, diabolical stuff happening. But if we focus on him and the blood of Christ that gives us through his flesh, through what he did, and I've talked about it for four weeks again, I'm not, he did it so that we would step in to who he is and live in that pure humility, yet that, that incredible fierceness. Listen, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. It's not like, listen, kingdom stuff is not like, oh, tiptoe through the tulips. It's not. It's like God is showing up, and he's calling the warrior out of you. He's calling the king out of you. He's calling the servant out of you. Uh Uh-oh. He's calling the humility and the life of humility that he could restore and refresh and reboot your entire life to look and sound and feel like Jesus. And so there's this, it's, it's not even, I'm not even going to say it's a requirement, but it's his, it's his absolute fervent desire that we enter into this because he's, he's longing It's that fierce longing that we would walk and we would actually look like him. And and he looked like perfect humility. Oh, it's such an oxymoron. It's so, like, backwards. But it's kingdom. See, everything about the kingdom is an oxymoron. It's all like you serve. Like, the the lowest is the highest. (laughs) The one who gives everything gets everything. Oh, uh, and, and I can't, un- like, you can't wrap your mind around it if you're thinking in carnal mind. In your carnal mind, you can't, you can't grasp it. And this is what he wants to do. So he says, let us draw near with a true heart of, and full of, a uh, true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled. That means the cleansing of our hearts because of the blood of Jesus. So that evil conscience, that all those evil desires, all those things would just go. Our bodies would be absolutely, like Paul said in Romans chapter 12, a living sacrifice. Our flesh actually would be that living sacrifice that we would be pure and holy before the Lord, giving perfect worship to God. Perfect. Oh, I'm telling you, you're blameless and you're perfect. You just don't know it yet. There's a purity that God is releasing on us, and and it's already been done, right? And then he goes into this. He said, let us hold fast. Let us grab onto. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. That means we walk in faith. We grab hold of these things. For he who is promised is faithful. That means tonight if you're sitting here and we've, we've been through, and that's why I say as God grabs things uh, and puts things in your heart, pulls, pulls on things from heaven, and your heart is pulling on things of heaven, you want to believe that he who is faithful will do what he promised. Because that's what the word tells us, that he's the one that will do exactly what he said he would do. And he won't miss a thing. He doesn't, oops, I missed that. He doesn't forget. He knows what you need. He knows what I need. He knows. He desires that you come to him and you just believe. You just stand and, and believe. Because really, even this walking in resurrection life, which I'm not going not, not to lay to rest ever again. If, I don't, if we don't preach the resurrection, we're missing it. Paul, this is what all that Paul preached, but this is that life. It's a totally renewed life, restored because your life has been completely eradicated of all sin because of what Jesus Christ did. We don't, 
<laughs> so what I'm believing for is that all of us come into this massive revelation. Wasn't that powerful? Let's just stop. I have to. I know it's it's a shiny thing came in, but I have to stop because. This whole thing about the, the four living creatures with eyes within and eyes without. I don't know about anyone else in this room, but I got totally torched. And I am a big revelation understanding. I, like, I love the spirit of revelation. And when he started with that, I'm like, man, are you kidding me? You see everything within and you see everything without. It, it's like this. You cannot function ah, as a believer. You can't. You must be in the throne room that all those eyes, uh, and you begin to look and you bear, you bear the image. You see the image so much that I'm asking for eyes and ears. God, give me the eyes of heaven and give me the ears of heaven so that I can totally grab hold of the revelation of Jesus Christ because that is what those four living creatures are. That's why they're in stun and awe because nothing about the king is ever boring. I loved how he said that. If you're bored in church, it's not the preacher. No, it's not the worship team. If you're bored in church, it's something internally. Wake up the eyes. Open the eyes. Open the ears. Open, 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 open. There has to be a desire for that. And when we, again, just a desire. You can't strive to get it. You just ask the Holy Ghost, 20 minutes a day speaking in tongues, it'll happen. I know it's formula, but it's going to happen. Listen, I... The, the 20 has gone. We're on to hours. Come on. The 20 has gone. I'm just like, God, every minute I, you know, you're with Corey in the truck. He's like, shut up, you know, I'm with Jeff Jansen at a restaurant. They're all talking in tongues constantly. And listen, that's how we live our lives. I just can't stop as I'm sitting and reading the word. You just pray in the Holy Ghost. I can't, I can't understand. You want your eyes to open, we pray in the Holy Ghost. If I want my heart to open up, I pray in the Holy Ghost. Yes, there's things that are going to distract us, but we understand and know. So anyway, let's go on. Let's go on. Sorry. Let us hold fast to that confession, right? For he who promises faithful and let us, oh, consider one another. In order to what? Stir up love and good works. This is awesome. Right? This is awesome. If we don't, God's saying there's a charge here by the Holy Ghost to love one another, consider one another, stir up one another. If you're not stirring a brother or a sister, come on, begin to do that. Already I'm giving you instruction tonight. God wants, us, wants this to be a body that stirs up right? It stirs up. It encourages, right? So we're doing, we're doing a, a, a fit thing with a, a few people in here, and, and it's helping because I get, I get daily blurbs daily on, on, a, on a Facebook page, right? <laughs> right? I hear some things, but the reality is it helps you encourage and engage, right? I know that's a simple thing. It's a simple illustration, but it's true because if we're all going someplace, encourage the person next to you. You can't do it on your own, I mean, you could, but it's so much, listen, it helps one another if we encourage one another and we begin to stir one another up into the what, and not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. What, uh, exhorting, but exhorting, exhorting, that's what this should be about, right? So we come in, this is the assembling together. Conferences are great because, you know, a lot of you, everyone lingers and encourages one another, but some of us just like the door. I'm telling you, forget about the door. 
hang out, linger, encourage one another, speak to one another. Don't go. Some of us like to isolate. Don't do that. I'm telling you, it's don't do it. I know our personalities dictate some things, but I'm encouraging us that the Lord wants us to consider one another, stir one another, come on, into good works. And to love, just love on one another. And God is looking for a body that will actually reflect that so that we'll live and move and have our being in him together. Together. When we go into isolation, you know, usually nothing good comes of it. I can just attest for that. All right? So I'm just encouraging us with that because the Lord is trying to bring us into this place of incredible unity with not only one another, but there is this desire within himself to draw us close to him. And it comes through body. It comes through coming together and and engaging with one another. And I'm telling you, the spirit of humility, because what happens is usually isolation comes from I can do it myself. Or I'm not worthy to be around others. And again, I'm, if, you're, if anyone struggles with that, I'm not, I'm not attacking that. I'm not, I'm, I want you to have this place where God wants to open you up to receive from other people and to receive from the Holy Spirit. But I think it's all one and the same because body life works like that, right? Community happens like that. When we shut people down, it closes us off to blessing. It closes us off to love. It closes us off to stirring ourselves up and encouraging one another. Are you hearing me? Okay. All right, just go to John 17 and we'll land. But I, just, I do feel like this, the personality, the life of Jesus, his fierceness, his, his desire, ready? It's his de- desire and Corey just threw this verse out, but this has been a verse that's been speaking to me for a long time. But I, I, I actually was going through Lisa's notes because I didn't take notes. And so I was just flipping through notes, and I saw just the, the scripture verse, and I said, he did just say that, and he left it. And so I'm just going to touch that for a minute here because it's something that really uh, burns in my heart that I, I truly feel like the Lord is, 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 is on and at this time. So I just this is Jesus praying before he's about to be turned over and go to the cross, like he's about to go through hell, right? And these are, it says in in my new King James, it just says he prays for himself, he prays for his disciples, but then he prays for all believers, right? And and I want you to take this because I know most people use this to bring the, the body of Christ into unity, and I do believe that, and I think I just touched that. But I think that's a fraction of what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is talking about unity and union with himself, and union with the Father. And so I, as we read this, I'm just going to run through a few verses, but we'll start in verse 20. And he says, well, I'm just going to go to 24, just for time's sake, because I'm, I'll just get bogged down. So verse 24, you know, he's talking about the unity, and he's talking about perfecting relationships perfecting our life with him. What is, 
<laughs> You're like, what? You keep using this word perfection. But there is this divine union that brings us into this complete union with Jesus. That he, This is what the last day's church is going to look like. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, this is what God is calling for in the last day's church. That we would be one and one with him. And when we're one with him, there is, there is no, we are perfect. Because we have this understanding of who he is and what he, and our identity in him. That we understand that I go before him and I'm not, listen, I'm not talking, I'm talking about walking in imperfection in a sense, but because we know who we are, I'm telling you, the more you walk with him, the more, if, if you're really walking, if you're really seeking, if you're really desiring, God will eradicate all the things, the broken things, and move you out of fragmented life into full, whole life, and when we walk in whole life, we walk as one in ourselves, first of all, and then with one another, and then the Holy Spirit begins to bring us into this divine union with God. And when we're in that divine union with the Holy Spirit, that brings all understanding and all knowledge. Listen, there were, there were, there were models of this in people. I can give you names that they walked. Did they walk in perfection? Absolutely not. No, they stumbled and fell. But there was this divine union that they were able to receive downloads from God Downloads from heavenly places that would move them into complete, it would be so effective in the world and in the earth. Give us an example. I'm talking about downloads that would come by revelation. Remember, I talked about eyes and ears. These eyes, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge will move you in a position where you can receive from the Lord unhindered from the other stuff that we're always dealing with low level. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys, this is attainable. <laughs> it's not something, right? And it's not something we have to, you don't have to strain to gain. It's something that God always designed for you. It's a place where God wants you to live from, and it causes you to be an effective believer on the earth. He says, my desire, it, Father, I desire. This was Jesus' longing. This is before he's going to the cross. This is before he's going to give his life, spill his blood, get beaten, and totally irrecognizably beaten and broken and, lay, and put on the cross before his resurrection, right? So he says this. This is the last words to the Father, except for at the cross. But it's his last prayer at the, in Gethsemane. Right? Father, I desire that they whom you gave me may be with me where I am. Remember back in John, right? Earlier in John. He talks about the Son of Man being in heaven, but being on earth. Jesus lived in the kingdom, and he lived on the earth. He lived as natural man and son of God. So with that they would be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundations of the world. So here he's showing, God, would you give my disciples, would you give every believer, would you give all of us understanding that we, would, that we would live in this place where we see through the eyes of Jesus all of, hu all of humanity, 
all of the big picture, all of the things that we don't understand because we're always self-focused. If we're global, if we, if we look uh, through eternity and globally, like what God is doing over the whole entire picture, it gets us out of the self-focus mode. And I'm not talking about our needs aren't important. God knows our needs. But this is what he was, what Bobby was even talking about giving in an offering, right? We give ourselves, we give ourselves completely over so that we don't worry about those things. We worry about God's mission on our life. We worry about the, what, ho- what Holy Spirit is speaking. We move and we don't worry. We live out of that. We behold out of that. Our lens comes through God. And our eyes become the eyes of Jesus. And this is something you can live from. This is, I believe this is something, this is, remember when I talked about, uh, thano, was it thanosis? The, remember, remember that because when I was talking about that, I was talking about this divine union with the Lord that we live completely in him, hidden in him, and you begin to see like Jesus does and no other way. Like the enemy will try and bring things in so you don't have a perspective of, of eternity And am I saying, do we forget about all our earthly things? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But I'm talking to you as a believer that's called to live out of a place of divine union and being embraced. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. What does the glory even look like on Jesus? Because this is the prayer that Jesus prayed. I think it's an important prayer. That we would behold him for who he is in the glory of God. In the midst of the Father. In the midst of the Holy Ghost. Who he is in the midst before the throne. Who he is in the earth. With all, with, when John said that we beheld his glory. The only begotten. And there's that design that he's, he's made for mankind. That he brought to us through Jesus. That we would walk in that, right? Before you love me, before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known you, that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and I will declare that the love which you loved me may be in them and I in them. So it's this fierce desire of the Lord for us to understand not only his passion and love for us, but to walk in this place where we live from and we see exactly how he sees. Listen, the fierceness and humility, if we walk like Jesus walked, that means Philippians 2 that I shared on the other night, that we take ourselves, we drop all things. Like he came to the earth and dropped all things that he might walk as a man and give his life completely. The thing the American church doesn't like is giving our lives completely, like totally selling out. We like to keep our all as much as we can and see what the line is. <laughs> Are you with me? We like to keep everything that we can, and I'm not even talking about riches. I'm talking about all compartments of our life that we can hold fast to that we don't have to release. Like, God, you can come into all these other spots, but don't come there. All right? So I want us to just see that tonight because here's the thing. As we go, as we continue to move forward in prayer, right, because a culture of, of 
you know, we talk about cultures of honor. We talk about miracle cultures. We could talk about signs and wonders culture, you know, whatever. I'm talking about a culture that we engage with the Lord. <laughs> Come on, Donna put it out there. Listen, just the reality is, Holy Spirit, let our eyes be fixed on you and nothing else. Holy Spirit, would you just come? Fernanda brought it at the beginning. Here's the thing. I, I truly believe that God is saying, listen, as we come with a contrite heart, as we come before him, this doesn't mean, listen, it doesn't have to be all crying and groaning, and though that, that's part of it, because it has to, you can't manifest it or work it up. And this is where I want you to just be, because I, what I feel like, you know, a couple of people sat on my feet. All I did was cry the whole time. That's what happened to me last time. I could not stop crying the whole time. Every time he spoke, he'd say two words. I'd start crying. But different things I, I experienced this weekend, and I truly believe that the Lord's trying to posture our hearts to be softened and tender. When God breaks open the, the floodgates, let him just do it. Don't resist. And what I'm talking about tonight is not resisting the move of God. Because when God moves in you, he begins, he begins to come in and he wants to do things. And we, we, we just like disengage somehow. And I'm, I'm calling that thing out and I just want to just get rid of it. So that what? That God's purposes can be flowing in fierceness in this place. And you shouldn't be afraid of Jesus coming and, and invading your life. As a matter of fact, I am asking the Lord to come and invade. Like after, it was before Corey, so I just live like this. God, will you just come invade? Two weeks before you came, I'm like, God, I, I just, I need, I want you in a, in a new dynamic, a new way. I, there's something that's, we're missing a breakthrough. There's a, there's a door. And, and listen, just let's go there for one second, and then I'll, then I'll shut it down. The reality is there's open doors for us, right? And I know he talked about Re Revelation chapter 4. That was a powerful, that was so powerful. The reality is we do. We have the access. Come up here, and I'll show you great things. But then there's the doors that are shut that God's calling us. This is where we are. Ready? Because I know that there's so much more. I feel like I've felt this for like six months, probably since I stopped like full-time work. I've felt this for like six months that I, I feel like the Lord is about to, has doors that are going through, but he's waiting. I'll just say it. He's waiting for me. He's waiting for you. There's doors that he wants to pull us through, but he's, they're, they're closed. So he's like, ah, why don't you come see me about it? I have a key. It's not like I have to go beat the door down. It's like, come to me, I have a key. And I truly believe that, that the, we have to live from this place of rest, knowing, knowing, ready? You know, you know he loves you. You know he wants to completely restore you. You know he wants to completely come into your life and invade you so that the love of God just begins to pour out from you in incredible new ways. So we're sitting, I believe, at a door even now. We sit at a door even now. And God wants to open the door for us. 
And I'm not talking about tonight you're going to get breakthrough into that door. I'm not even talking that. I'm talking God is putting us in a journey that there's many doors. It's not just one door. There'll be another door. And we have to knock on the door and say, Lord, can you open that door? So whatever's holding us back in certain ways, I feel like the Lord is saying, just come to me, just come to me, just come to me. And that groan, that groan, that sh- there's a groan. It's the Romans 8 groan. It's the groan that changes, that shifts things, that brings us out of a place of, of being, feeling like we're, we're separated in a sense But we're never separated. It's a groan that desires the the manifestation of all that God has for your life. And I'm going to pray for that tonight because that's the fierce desire of Jesus, that you would engage with that and that you would come. And listen, it just comes through humility. That's what we don't, I feel like we always feel like it's from a crazy break the doors down. It's not through that. It's through a humble life. Just coming and bearing ourselves before the Lord. The thing is, humility opens up the door to honor. And the Bible says, if I humble myself, he'll exalt me. If I come to him in humility, he opens ways like that I wasn't able to see before. He opens new things that I wasn't able to, to understand or receive before. So that's it. So let's just, let's stand. Come on, help me with the music for a second. But it was such a great opportunity. Some of you weren't there. That's all right. It's just I feel like you weren't there, but you heard this. So, what I want us to be very conscious of is, God, you gave us, you poured something into me, even today, you poured something into me, and I'm going to steward that thing. I'm going to come before you and just, in all humility, because your fierce love wants to even light that very moment on fire, wants to touch what you've already done and expand it. You know, there's expansion. When you, <laughs> when you heat something up, it expands. I know that. When I take a torch to stone, the outer surface gets wiped away. What if God wants to resurface our whole entire countenance? What does that look like? Yeah, so I just thank you, Father. You're such a good Father. We just thank you. Lord, we desire... John 17, 24, to manifest completely in our lives, God. Lord, I thank you that you were the perfect sacrifice. And in you being that perfect sacrifice, Father, we received everything we need today and forevermore. (laughs) 
today and forevermore. We, you are the perfect one. You are the bright, shining one. And Lord, let that shining glory, Lord, help us to understand and reveal that to us, Father, even now. What it looks like on your church, what it looks like beaming from our lives. Lord, if we have no desire, Lord, I ask that you release desire. And God, we just take what you, what you dropped on us this weekend, Lord. We receive it as a body, as a, as a church body, as a corporate body, Lord. We thank you for what you've done. And we, we steward well what you've already done. And so we thank you. Lord, would you multiply it and increase it? Lord, I speak that over this place right now, Lord, that you would multiply and increase Every time we come into your presence, God, that we would live in this place of the multiplication of heavenly things on our lives. The multiplication would reflect in, in our earthly life, God. It would just, there would be this abundance, abundant life that we live that just begins to manifest because we're completely given over to you. So we love you. We thank you. Let's pray in the Holy Spirit for a minute. And the greatest way to get things in increases one steward but just be thankful Lord I just I speak to any areas father where we feel um, feel any religious duties Lord, we speak to everything that motivates us out of a religious mindset, God. And Lord, I just ask that you eradicate that from people's minds, God. Lord, would, I'm asking that you release a, a heart of humility that would release the tenacity, the, the fierceness, the zeal. of God in our lives, God. We thank you. We desire more of you. So we seal everything that you've done. And we ask for that continual baptism of fire, God, on our lives. Jesus' name.